Good morning. My wife said to stand on the stage, not because I'm vertically challenged, but because the lighting is, I think, better back here, right? So, how are you guys? I was walking down this morning by the preschool and I saw a sign that I've seen before. It's like a little chalkboard that says, today is a good day for a good day. And I think that's true. Anyway, would you turn to Mark chapter 8 to verse 31. Mark chapter 8, verse 31. And, uh, yeah. Let's pray. I love the I love the sound of those pages turning. Lord, thank you so much for today, and I just pray that you you change us. Amen. So I grew up in Thousand Oaks, and uh, uh, two houses down from my house, there was no house. It was just a vacant lot between two houses. And it was um, like a quarter of an acre, and there was, and in the very back, uh, where the fence was to go to the, the the property behind, on the you know the other side of the of the block, there was this tree, and and my brother and I, we decided to battle against each other in grenade wars, which was simply just finding dirt clods and throwing them at each other. You know, they go and they just break and stuff, and. So I was in the back by the tree, and he was near the sidewalk. There was a sidewalk, and then like a berm went up, and then it was just dirt and weeds. And um, so we're just throwing dirt claws at each other, trying to hit each other, right? And I, I get to a point where I, I run out of, I run out of grenades. So I'm like, dang it! Like we're, and I look over by the tree, and there was this round object. It was yellow. And I, I picked it up. It was a lemon. And I thought, this is like the perfect throwing object. And then there was this thought that said, throw it. And then there was this other thought that was like, no, don't, no, don't throw it. No. And then the, again, it was like, no, just do it. Like, throw it. No, you could hurt him. Oh, come on. You ain't even throw that far anyway. And then... And so I, I threw it. I just, I just hucked it as hard as I could. Fly, little bird. And, and if that lemon could sing, it would probably sing like, I believe I can fly. <clears throat> I believe I can touch the sky. I believe I can hit him in the face and make him cry. Okay, so my brother looks up and he sees this little yellow dot in the sky. And then in like a nanosecond, it was a big yellow dot that just goes smack right in his forehead, bounces off, and he's like. And then I see his countenance change. And I think to myself, I believe I'm going to die. Where in the world do those thoughts come from? Jesus says, guys, who do you say I am? And and Peter goes, he gets a thought. 
I know Jesus. You're the Messiah. You're the coming king. You're the son of God. And Jesus goes, yes, good thought, Peter. Great job. My heavenly father, I can see, revealed that to you. But then look at what happens in verse 31. He, Jesus, then began to teach them that the son of man, that's himself, he's referring to himself, that he must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this. There was no misunderstanding. And Peter took him aside. The Greek, ver the Greek verb meaning like to grasp. So maybe G uh, Peter grasped the hand of Jesus or his robe and took him aside and began to rebuke Jesus. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebukes Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the concerns of God but merely human concerns. And when Jesus said that, it was when he says, get behind me, Satan, it's the same language that Jesus used in the wilderness when the devil was tempting him, when the devil was trying to derail him, discourage him from fulfilling the purposes for which Jesus came to this earth, namely to die and suffer for us. And I think that when Jesus rebuked Peter, he was not just saying, hey guys, you gotta think spiritually. He's rebuking Satan through Peter, which is a reminder that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and spiritual wickedness, as the Bible says. It's a reminder that if the enemy of your soul can get you to think certain thoughts and then agree with those thoughts, he can get you to not only verbalize those thoughts, but maybe act on those thoughts like in El Paso, Texas. Imagine Cindy's comes home from work, she's tired, right? Maybe her filter is down a little bit and she comes home, she puts her stuff down. She goes into the master bathroom and there's a towel on the floor. And I'm the, I'm, I'm the demon assigned to, to mess with them, let's say, okay? And I can't, she's a daughter of the most high God. I can't hurt her, but, but she's, hey, like in the spiritual world, Cindy, look at that. Like, that is not acceptable. Like, you got to say something to your husband. You got to say something to Gary. In fact, say something with an attitude like he knows he can't do that again. So she says something with a little irritated voice. Gary's like, huh. And I say, Gary, like, dude, that's, that's hip. That's hypocrisy because, like, remind her about when she left the sock on the floor in the bedroom yesterday. Like, you got to remind her with an attitude. Like, she can't have an attitude towards you. And all of a sudden, there's this, there's this arguing and there's this, there's this bickering, right? 
James chapter four, verses one through two says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something like control or a perfect spouse, but you can't get it, so you quarrel and fight. It's a reminder that when we are angry and our filter is down, we're ready for evil. Or when we are green with envy and our filters down, we're ripe for evil. Or when we're tired and cranky and our filter is down, we're just ready to do stupid. Thank you for that, amen, all two of you. <laughs> Submit yourself to God and the devil will flee from you. How do we submit to God? Like, how do we silence the enemy? Besides just saying, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. You know, how do we silence the enemy? I think the answer is in the next few verses. Let's look at verse 34. He called the crowd to him along with his disciples, and he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. He says three things. You got to deny yourself something, you got to pick up something, and you got to follow someone. Last Tuesday night, I was starting to prepare for this message. I was outside uh, on my laptop. It was, it was 9 p.m. I love the summer nights because you can sit out under the stars, and I, I can pray. I, I can just enjoy the, the beauty. And, and so I'm working. I'm, I'm getting eaten by mosquitoes. And I get this thought. I'm like, I get this like desire for brain energy, you know? And I think of, we have this bag of organic blue corn tortilla chips with sea salt in the pantry. I'm like, I'm gonna get some of those. But then I realized, oh wait, it's like late. Like, I don't think I should put that extra sodium and calories in me right now. And, and so based on the, the fact that the reward of denying myself was better than getting what I wanted. I, I, didn't, I didn't eat them. And, 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 and we can do that, guys, all day long. We can, we can deny ourselves in certain ways because the reward is better to deny ourselves than not to. But denial is hard. That's why fasts don't work. That's why 10 minutes later, I went out and I, I ate a chocolate brownie bar probably had more sodium in it than the chips did. <laughs> Denying oneself in Jesus' context goes a lot farther than food, right? It means denying yourself yourself. Pastor Kevin, what in the world does that... No, this is what... We have like two selves we have our selfish self and we have our selfless self. The selfish self wants to be on top of everything, like on top of happiness, possessions, comfort, approval, likes, the most followers, control, reputation, etc. But we're reminded in Romans chapter 8, verse 2 through 6, that the mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. 
the selfless self is governed by the Holy Spirit of God. It's the self that says, you first. I was, my family and I were at Disneyland when the kids were young, and you know you're in Southern California at an amusement park when you have to wait in line just to get into the park to wait in line. And it was a long line, and and we're and all of a sudden the, the line moves, but there's this delay uh, before Tammy and I and the kids could move, and, and so there's this gap, and and this couple just walks right in front of us, with their backs to us, and we didn't even know the people in front of that. And I'm like, sweetheart, like, what? did you see? It? She goes, yeah, that was so rude. I go, I'm gonna say something. This guy was really big. I go, I'm gonna say something. She's like, no, don't say anything. I was like. This is a David and Goliath moment. I'm going to, and I started, I was like, and, and so I tapped him on the back and he turns around. I go, hey, and he goes, what? And I said, my wife has something to tell you. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> Actually, I didn't even tap him on the back, but I, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to give him a piece of mind. And it's not just the justice part of me and the righteous part of me that says, hey, you know, things have to be right, but there's a selfish part of me that says, no, do not prefer anybody above yourself. I was driving, sorry, I, when I get sleep on Saturdays, I will stop drinking caffeine and then my mouth won't dry out. But until then, forgive me. We'll edit that out, Tyson, for the podcast. Um, so, I'm, I'm leaving our house in Old Town when we live in Old Town. I'm going down the street, and I see this woman walking towards the curb, knowing that she's going to want to cross the street. There's no crosswalk. I have the right of way. There's nobody behind me. And I think to myself, dude, prefer her above your son. And, and so you know what I did? I kept driving. And I passed her, and it's like God just slapped me up the back of the head. Like, dude, I just gave you a perfect moment to prefer somebody above yourself. You wouldn't have inconvenienced anybody because there's nobody behind you. You could have, and I thought, that's, oh, that's so right. Like I could have stopped and I could have put my life on hold and let her cross instead of making her put her life on hold until I cross. And one day I was going to, to the church I used to work at it was at, you know, I drive on the freeway sometimes. Sometimes I take the 118, but I drove on the freeway this morning. And I open up my email that day, and I get this, this email from one of the moms of a student in our youth group. And I begin to read this email, and she says, uh, Pastor Kevin, I was, you, I was behind you on the freeway. I'm thinking, oh, great, because I know how I drive. And I, uh, I went to pass you. Oh, no. And, uh, and I put my blinker on to get in front of you. My heart's starting to beat faster. Oh, no. I, I'm going to have to write an apology. What, what, and, but I kept reading. She goes, and you let me in. And I just wanted to thank you for being courteous. And I thought, thank you, Jesus the one time I let somebody in, it was somebody that, that knew me. 
Verse 35, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with his holy angels. Point number one. To deny yourself is to remove your selfish self from the center of your universe and put Jesus in. To deny yourself is to remove your selfish self from the center of your universe and put Jesus in. That is how we silence the enemy and say, get behind me, Satan. And Jesus says, take up your cross. Crosses are everywhere. People like them. Rappers wear them. Churches have them. Tattoos exhibit them. And my wife has some hanging in her closet as jewelry. But a cross in first century Roman world was nothing but shame and suffering and death. It was an execution device made to torture someone immensely. So when Jesus says, take up your cross, what he's literally saying is pick up your execution device and on your way to this excruciatingly painful and long-suffering death, you will be humiliated and ridiculed. Welcome to church. Operation Church Reduction. No, what is Jesus saying? He's Sorry, can you hear me? He's saying the attitude of being willing to give it all up. Have the attitude to be willing to surrender it all. Not just deny, but be willing to die to yourself. Uh, we, uh, so Tuesday I said, uh, as I'm working on my laptop, I'm getting eaten by mosquitoes. And a good friend of mine gave me an Amazon gift card. And I'm on Amazon. My wife bought some food. And, and I'm on Amazon. And I thought, you know what? I, I looked up mosquito nets. And there was this pop-up mosquito net you could actually get into. And like it would, and, and, my, and so I'm like, it's, it was super, I'm like, I ordered it. And it, it came, my wife got the package, the delivery. And she opens up the box and she pulls it out, and when I came home, I came in the door. She goes, what in the world is this? I said, it's a mosquito net. She goes, that's weird. It's not weird. It's smart. I can sit outside under the stars and pray and um, all night long. Weird. I go, you're going to want to use it. So I set it up outside, and, and it was great. I, I worked till midnight, like Wednesday night or Thursday night. And, but when I, when I had set it up, it was, the sun had, was going down. It was like dusk, you know, getting dark. And my wife comes outside, and I didn't know it, but she takes a picture. And when the iPhone takes a picture, at least hers, 
Even if it's dusk, it makes it look like it's the middle of the day. And she jokes around with me and she goes, I, I just put it on Facebook as she's walking back in the house. I said, that is not funny. Do not joke like that. She goes, oh no, I'm not joking. I put it on Facebook. Here's a, here's a picture of what she did to me. It's actually getting dark, guys. They now, my friends now call me Podman. You can, you can take that shameful thing down. You know what? To enjoy the summer evening under the stars till midnight, I had to unzip that thing, put the chair in, climb in, and then zip it back up. In other words, I had to get all in. But what if I had left it unzipped? I still would have got eaten by mosquitoes. What if... I had left half my, or had left my legs dangling outside. I'd still get eaten, right? In order to be blessed and enjoy, I had to be all in. Christian, Jesus wants you all in to a relationship with him. You can't be halfway out and halfway in. If you are, stop. Say you go to the Mormon church because you're, you're going to be living in hypocrisy. You're going to be making it harder for us to show the world that God loves them so much and, and, and be harder to show the world this is the character of God. It's love. You all in. Not just deny your selfish self, but be willing to die to all of yourself. So point number two is to take up your cross is to surrender it all. This is also how we silence the enemy. We don't even give him a place near us. It's not easy choosing to let go, but you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength, right? Do not lose heart, Paul, the Apostle Paul says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal forever. And Jesus won't ask you, to go through anything that he didn't already go through. Rejection, isolation. They said he was, Isaiah wrote, he was despised and rejected by people. Like one from whom they hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Anonymity. He created everything. And he, comes, he becomes his own creation. And for 30 years, he lives in obscurity as a carpenter's son. Possessions, sometimes he had no place to rest his head. Suffering physically. He wasn't even recognizable on the cross. He was so badly tortured. His flesh so disfigured. But the incredible news is the, the news that separates Christianity from all other religions is that Jesus, 
God of the universe took our shame, our suffering, and our death on the cross so we wouldn't have to. To deny yourself, be willing to die to yourself, and you're silencing the enemy and following Jesus. Point number three, you silence the enemy when you deny your selfish self and are willing to die to all of yourself. Wait, Pastor Kevin, that's like impossible. I mean, it's hard enough to deny myself food. How in the world can I deny my selfish self? How in the world can I be willing to even die for Jesus? Exactly. It is impossible without God's spirit, without his power. You remember Peter, before Jesus was crucified, before he came back to life, he denies Jesus three times. But then after Jesus was crucified and came back to life, Jesus shows himself to Peter and the disciples. Jesus takes a walk with Peter on the beach, restores Peter. Peter is now, he's a believer. He's he's believing on Jesus. He knows who Jesus really is now. He's a Christian. The Holy Spirit resides in him. But Jesus says, wait for it. Wait for the, the, the gift I'm gonna give you. And 49 days after Jesus was crucified during the Passover, there's another festival in Jerusalem called the Feast of Weeks. We call it Pentecost. And the disciples are in a room in Jerusalem and they're praying and all of a sudden, bam, there's like this hurricane sounding like all of a sudden there's like fire coming down on people but not consuming them like the burning bush kind of thing and and all these foreigners and Jews that have come from other countries that speak different languages have come to this festival and they hear the disciples they hear the Christians speaking in languages that are their languages that those Jerusalem Jews shouldn't even know and they're like what is going on they see like flames and it's like it's and Peter who had no courage to stand up for Jesus, gathers the people, and he has this boldness to preach this in-your-face message, you killed Jesus, he died for you, repent and be saved. And 3,000 people become believers, like believers in Jesus because he had the power of the Holy Spirit. In a, in a moment, um, I'm going to ask, and I really felt like the Holy Spirit, as I was praying, led me to do, say this. In, a little, in just a moment, I'm going to ask that if, if you, Christian, you want more, you want the Holy Spirit to empower you more than you, than you experience right now in your life. If you're going through these circles and you just can't get out or you just don't see him you know, powerfully working through you with regards to your friends or your family or any, I mean, I'm going to ask that you stand and I'm going to pray over you, believing that God answers our prayers when we ask according to his will and we ask in faith. 
And I'm going to believe that you have the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to believe that the Holy Spirit in you empowers you greatly to overcome sin and temptation and whatever you're going through. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let me conclude and close with this poem from Alyssa Underwood called The Life Chosen for Me. And I'm just going to read three stanzas. I would have taken the easy path, but that would leave no room for his glory. I would have picked out a comfortable life, but that isn't God's kind of story. I would have tied all my loose ends, but not know it's he who brings peace. I would have wanted for happier times, but traded a joy that can't cease. I would have clung to familiar things, but lived out my days in the gray. I would have followed a prettier road, but missed the most beautiful way. Would you stand if, if that's you and you want more of the Holy Spirit's empowering in your life? Praise you, Jesus. I, I would just encourage you as I pray that you just agree with the words I speak. And I believe that God's going to do some great things. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, you put this on my heart and you knew I'd be praying this. And I believe that if we ask anything according to your will, that it shall be done. And I know that you want us to walk in the power of your Holy Spirit so we can overcome our selfish self and have the attitude to even die to ourselves. So I pray, Holy Spirit, you would, by your love and grace, empower these people. Right now, fall afresh on us. Renew us. In Jesus, your, your precious name, I thank you and I pray. Amen.